0: This is a GRDC podcast. Some exciting work is being done around improving the establishment potential of Australian canola and its suitability to be sown deeply by introducing overseas varieties that feature long hypocotyls and enhanced seedling vigour. Key genetic factors associated with improved canola establishment as well as suitability for deep sowing. Hello, I'm Deborah Bishop. Crop establishment, even in favourable conditions, remains an issue for canola growers in Australia. Unreliability of establishment can lead to difficult weed control and reduced yield potential. In 2019, with GRDC Investment, CSIRO began a genetic solutions project using international varieties to help Australian canola breeders develop varieties that better establish in growers' paddocks. I spoke to CSIRO's Dr Matt Nelson about the work to understand genetic traits that might contribute to successful canola establishment and selection tools to accelerate the breeding of varieties with greater reliability around establishment potential.
1: Canola is such an important crop for our system here in Australia. It's also worth a lot directly to the growers, but the problem is of about 100 good seeds that are sown, only 50 on average across Australia result in a plant that's established and goes on to develop the grain. And this can be a big problem if it's really poor establishment. We end up having limits to our yield potential, the weeds take off, sometimes we need to re-sow. So this project's all about trying to improve the genetics of canola, so that it does that less and establishes better.
0: So you're effectively trying to help canola breeders develop varieties that will establish better in their paddocks.
1: That's right. So currently 50% with this project. We're aiming to improve that by 25%, by 2030. That's the goal.
0: So tell us about the methodology of this. How's the research being undertaken?
1: Yeah, so this is a genetics project where we're looking at diversity from across the world. So we went overseas and looked for collections from 21 countries as it happened. We brought in 255 different varieties and they came from Europe, Canada, Asia, main growing areas. So what we then did was we wanted to understand how are they behaving, what traits are really useful for improving the establishment in the field. Some of them were even rapeseed types, so not canola quality. Some of them were swedes and fodder kale types. So Brassica napus are really diverse species, and canola is the main type, of course, that we are interested in, but there's lots of genetic diversity we can get from these related types. So what we did was we brought those in. We needed to screen all of them for their genetic potential for establishment, but that's very hard to do in the field straight away. So what we did was we developed some really efficient lab-based methods for screening for genetic vigor at different points, at germination, at cotyledon width once it's emerged, and then at four-leaf stage, biomass. So. That was one set of measurements and another key one was how long did the hypocaudals grow if we grow them in the dark at a steady temperature for a set number of days and then measure them. And we found a huge variation in the length of hypocaudal length. And curiously when we compared to the best of the international varieties to what we have currently in Australia was those long international hypocaudal varieties were much much longer than the current Australian. So what that was telling us is that Australian genetics is not there for long hypocotyls, and we need to bring it in. The next we had to test, is long hypocotyl really going to help us in the field? So that's where we went to a field validation step over two years in New South Wales and Western Australia. And we grew the seeds out at two different depths, at two centimetres, the more standard depth, and then a deeper sowing at five centimetres. So we included 20 of the extreme varieties, good and bad, from overseas. We also compared to current Australian varieties. What we found was that those long hypocaudal varieties that we'd picked out in the lab, all of them did better than the shorter hypocorals in the field. So it's a really strong prediction of how well a plant will emerge is how long the are when we measure them in the lab. So that's great because it's much easier to measure hypocorals in the lab than it is to measure lots of different types in the field. So we've now got a tool for selecting the things that have better genetic potential to come from deep sowing. We also discovered that one of the measures of vigour that we measured in the lab, called germination index, that was really very good at predicting how vigorous the plants are in the field as well. So similarly, we could measure hundreds in the lab, but we could only measure easily 20 in the field. So that's the kind of difference that we're getting when we have these efficient methods. And so now we've got confidence to give breeders these tools for selecting for high vigour and long hypocotyls.
0: Right, so that is really interesting information. Are you able to take us through the key genetic factors contributing to successful canola establishment?
1: We knew that these traits had a strong genetic control, but we didn't know how it was happening. So what we did was we went through what's called a genome-wide association study, where we look for parts of the genome that are controlling the traits that we're after. So in this case, hypocotyl length and seed vigor. What we found was for both traits, they were controlled by quite a few genes, each of moderate effect. So one particular gene might affect the trait by 10, 15, 20% and then you get a series of smaller ones. And so what we need to get a handle on next is just how many do we need to make of those smaller genes to make a variety long. And we are very excited to be able to bring in these genes from overseas varieties into a background where you can really see if we can transform Australian canola so it can have longer hypercorals, even more vigorous, and be able to emerge better from deeper sowing. That's the goal.
0: Can you give us some key learnings from this GADC investment for growers and for the industry as a whole?
1: So some of the key findings were that long hypocaudals, like the long coleoptile wheat, long hypocotyl canola emerges better from the ground. The second key learning that we finding that we had was that those long hypocaudal genes are not currently in Australian varieties, but they are in varieties from Europe, from Canada, from Japan even. So we need to have the tools to go in and bring those genes out from those overseas varieties into Australia. During the project we've developed those tools. One is the selection, so we're able to phenotype in the lab very efficiently in a way that breeding companies can adopt and bring in those traits into the Australian material. Secondly is we've made the first genetic markers progress, that still is a work in progress but we've already discovered markers that explain about 30 or 40% of the trait variation for long hypocotyl and seed figure. Those are tools that the breeders will be able to use in this next phase.
0: Now, the project finishes around the middle of this year. Is that the projection of work, that that's where you'll be heading after the project winds up?
1: Yes, our hope and plan is that we'll have a genetic crossing program where we systematically bring in this diversity from Japan, from Canada, from Europe, where we're bringing it into Australian vigorous genetic background. We'll then do more intensive genetics and really nail down those markers and get really useful selectable markers for breeding. It will also be in a genetic background where we can grow them out and really prove that the long hypocaudal trait in an Australian background will emerge better. And that's something that growers can then in future, if they have those varieties, have confidence that when they're sowing, it will be able to emerge from at least five centimeters depth.
0: In WA, canola is a very popular crop, obviously, and those yellow fields, we see them everywhere. We have bumper crops regularly. Is this research looking at making those bumper crops even more bumper crops, or is it something else that we're trying to develop better here at that genetic level?
1: So what we're looking for here primarily, I think, is reliability. So when we have good years or if we're growing in a really reliable rainfall zone, then maybe this isn't a trait that is as useful but the problem is of course we know that our environment's very variable some years are much better than others we want of canola no matter the year will emerge and establish reliably so we're trying to make canola a less risky crop
0: and is this research project is it nationally applicable
1: yes this is something that has a place across the country especially in the low to medium rainfall zones but Even in the high rainfall zone, some growers have unreliable establishment in canola. So this is, I think, something for everyone. It's probably especially those in less reliable environments. And another thing also is that sowing deeper, like the long coleoptile story, if you're able to sow deeper and you have had summer rainfall, you're gonna be able to tap into that moisture that's stored in the soil much more effectively than conventional canola at the moment.
0: Matt, thank you very much for talking to us today. And you've been listening to Dr Matt Nelson from CSIRO. More information can be found on the GRDC website. I'm Deborah Bishop and thanks for listening.